Shelly Luther will spend the next week in jail. Now that you're one salon owner in North Texas, well, she learned that the hard way. And a hair salon owner who had also opened up her store has been jailed. Luther tore up the citation to the cheer of the crowd. But in Dallas, salon, salon owner Shelly Luther faced seven days in jail for... So your client is in jail right now? But yesterday, a woman by the name, and I want you to remember this name, a woman by the name of Shelly Luther in Texas. We don't support the random jailing of, for example, the woman who's now a household name, Shelly Luther. I thought it was terrible. I thought he was a terrible judge. The, the prisoner would like to speak a word. You need to apologize. What were you thinking when he said he, you need to apologize to the politicians? I was like, what? So, sir, if you think the law is more important than kids getting fed, then please go ahead with your decision, but I am not going to shut the salons. They're putting this woman in jail because she's trying to feed her kids. The whole thing is screwed up. Well, I'm, I'm proud to stand with Shelley Luther, and I'll tell you what happened to her was wrong. Yeah! I'm not anyone special. I just know that I have rights. You have rights to feed your children and make income. Right. And anyone that wants to take away those rights is wrong. We only had people in Washington, D.C. who had half the guts of this patriot. Play Shelley Luther. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I'm Shelley Luther, owner of Salon a la Mode. During my year-long journey, I've met many other people like myself that have had to make critical decisions at crucial moments in their lives. These modern-day heroes were presented with a situation that required them to reach down deep inside and act with strength, courage, and faith. And that's why I'm excited to bring these ordinary, everyday people and their extraordinary defining moments to you on my show, Courage to Stand. Please give a warm welcome to my guest today. I am so excited for Bevelyn Beatty and Edmund Chavan. Thank you so much for coming, ladies. Thank um, you for thank having, you for having us. You came from out of town. Where, where do you guys live? Tennessee. 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 Mm -hmm. Okay. I love it. I love it. So probably like me, a lot of people are looking and saying, these ladies look familiar, but I'm, I can't pl quite place it. They look familiar. Who are these ladies? I want to keep that for the second half. I want to know first who you are, how you grew up a little bit. I want to know a little bit about your souls, yeah. How how you came to to all of this? Please let us know, Bevlin. So uh, for me, I think uh, was it seven years ago now. Um, I had an encounter with the Lord. Um, he gave me an ultimatum. I had ended up in jail for seven days, waiting on my dad to bail me out because I had did a money laundering scheme. Wow. And so while I'm sitting in jail. Um, this woman comes to me and she says, you know, you really need to surrender your life to Christ mm -hmm. um, because if you don't, you're headed towards death. And so for me, that was a very serious thing for me to receive. And I'll tell you why I received it, because two weeks before that, before getting um, arrested, which I turned myself in, basically, um, I was out at the club with my friends drinking, hanging out. And uh, that night I went back home and I went into my bathroom. And I just turned the water on so my roommate wouldn't hear me. And I just cried. And I was crying out to the Lord. I felt so depressed. And I felt so empty. And I, you know, I just felt like, you know, everything that I accomplished, it was, it was worth nothing. Because there still was this emptiness inside of me. So the woman reminded me of that night. 
And that night I knew I was crying out to the Lord. So when she, she said, knew about that night. she knew about that night. Oh my God. So it was definitely prophetic gifting. Mm -hmm. And so when she spoke to me in that manner, I, I had to receive what she said because I'm like, wow, only God mm -hmm. could have known about the night. Cause not even my roommate right. knew about that night. No. Right. You hear that. Um, <laughs> so through that, I received what was said. And so for my first year, I just kind of built my relationship with God the way I thought I was doing so. I was still liberal-minded in a sense. I went to a gay church. I worked for a feminist organization. I still smoked weed. I still had some residue of certain why would things you go I would to a, do. Were, you weren't gay, were you? No. No, but why would you go to a gay church? Because they, you know, twirl. It's fun. I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> I, I'm going to be good and go to church, but I'm going to go where I can have some fun. At. Right. So I'm like, all right, okay. these guys, this is at, at your bats okay. and all of that, whatever. Uh -huh. Let's just go. Okay. So that's really why I did it, because oh, I'm thinking, yeah. okay, I have to be good. I'll go to church because that's what Christians do, right? They go to church on Sunday. Um, and so that was a year of my life until I met Edme. Um, a year after getting saved, um, I met her in front of Trump Towers Columbus Circle. And I was actually canvassing to her to donate to a uh, feminist organization. And basically, after saying my pitch, I was like, you know, this is, I think you should donate. And she's like, you know, well, I understand what you're saying and it sounds good, but if these people don't know Jesus, it's pointless. And I remember saying, you know, I was stunned actually at the fact that she said it, but I was like, you're right, that's true. And so from that moment forward, two weeks later, we meet for dinner. And from that moment forward, we just, she started discipling me. And so, yeah. So you guys were meant to meet. I guess so. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, there was absolutely. no other. So, Edme, what did you think about her, when about Bethlyn, when she when she came up to you and, and wanted you to donate to this? Big smile, yes. bubbly. Till this day, I said she had bubbly. She still has it. Yeah. So that was her. That mm -hmm. was her. And uh, I was actually impressed that she agreed so fast because I would use these times because she wasn't the first one that I was conversing with. They, they want you to sign up for something and give. And usually it's a green, love the earth or save the girls over there. Mm -hmm. So I was used to people wanting to uh, pitch. What were you doing? What were you I was on my way to go, uh, Whole Foods. I was on my way to <laughs> <laughs> but at this time of my life, the Lord had gotten a hold of me to where I was no longer a nominal Christian. Not that I was per se, but uh, uh, in that very time of my life, I knew my life is the Lord's. And so every opportunity was an opportunity to advance his kingdom. And so that's in that mindset that I approached her. So for me, it was a strategy. I'm gonna let you talk to me. And I, usually I would tell, do you have time? Because if you're gonna approach me to give a donation, yes. I'm, we're going to exchange something different. I, yes. I wanted the gospel to come, come forth. And so uh, when she did that and agreed readily, I knew I need to connect with her again. Mm -hmm. So I gave her the number and I actually waited because I didn't have her number. She had mine. And two weeks later, thankfully, we're able to sit down and from there uh, develop that relationship and to, to where it turned into a friendship. Uh, and I'm very thankful for it. It's changed my life as well. Where did you Big grow time. up? I grew up in Paris, France, and that's why my name is a little hard to pronounce, but I grew up. We practiced it a lot before the show, I'm going to be honest. We were practicing. I speak Spanish, not French. Yes. People say it's the same. It's not. No, it's not, not the same. It's at all. It's not. It's not. It's not. Yes. But it's totally different. So, and when did you move to the United Almost States? Almost 20 years ago. Wow. Next year will be 20 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I came here, I was not a Christian at all. Um, I did believe there was a God because I know I didn't come from any monkey. I always knew that. Right. I don't care what the school says. Right. But uh, uh, Noah, I came here uh, not being a Christian, uh, but I noticed America being different. And that's the reason why I came here. So I'm an immigrant. Um, and uh, the sense of freedom in this country always uh, attracted me here. Um, to make a long story short, though, um, 
teenage years, one of the things that happened to me is that I watched a movie, the, uh, the biography of Malcolm X and uh, Spike Lee. Mm -hmm. And that messed me up throughout my whole teenage years. I became racist. I'm shocked that I'm, you know, now I'm not shocked because thank God I've been saved. Let's, but... put, let's put something in perspective mm -hmm. because I was a school teacher for 13 years. A lot of people don't know that. Mm. And um, I had all these different nationalities of kids in my class. And for some reason, racism came up. Mm. And one of the black kids in the class said, black people could not be racist. Mm. Of course, these, these kids are 14, right? Mm -hmm. But they've been told all their life, there's no way that they could be racist because they're black. Mm -hmm. And I said, sir, some of the most racist people I know all black. are black. Yes, that's true. Can, can you talk about experiences that you know like that? I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you, you know, for me, I grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood. I dealt with black people all my life, obviously, mm -hmm. I'm black. Right. Um, the, the, the seed of insecurity is sown in the black community through black people at a young age. You're first, first of all, you're taught as a child, um, life is gonna be harder for you because you're black. And so you, that, that's their way in their mind of motivating the child by telling the child, you know, you have to work 10 times harder than this person. You have to be 10 times better than this person because you're black. So in a sense, the seed is sown that you have to work harder and also you're taught that you're better than everybody else because you're black. So by default, you walk into this world actually defeated because you're already cocky. You're underestimating your opponent. And so then now once you get in this real world and you realize, wait a minute, this guy over here is white as snow, but he's smarter than me. And you know what? I think he can run faster than me too. Guess what? He can dunk too. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe I should have got my weight up. You know what I'm saying? White men can't jump, right? That's what I so, <laughs> but this is the finesse that we mm -hmm. sow into our youth, right? And so for me personally, I actually understood freedom when I moved to Maine. I lived in Maine for four years, girl. And I mean, when I grew up in the black neighborhoods, child, you can't walk around with your shoes dirty and Walmart clothes. Like, where they do that at? No, ma'am, you got to wear a brand. You got to do this. You got to do that. In then Maine. I move up to Redneck, Maine, child. No, not in Maine, in no, the no, South, no, no. Okay, North okay. Carolina. Okay. But when I moved to Maine, I'm like, oh. Let me put on this Walmart suit real quick and walk right. around comfortable. Right. I'm in judgment-free zone. <laughs> yes. I'm like, listen, I love this. And yes. for me personally, that's when I realized, wow, like, I, racism is a state of mind. Yeah. I'll tell you this. I lived in a city named Belfast, right? There was a one black family in the city, and they owned one of the biggest sandwich shops in Belfast. They still own it to this day called Bell the Cat. This man's business is so popular. The police force has meetings there. I mean, when you want to have a business meeting or anything like that, you go to Bell the Cat, okay? Um, makes the most money. Well-known in the city, black. All of his clientele is white. So if racism was really a factor in America, why is this dude one of the richest guys in an all-white town in Maine? And we're not saying there is no racism. We're not stupid. There are people that are ignorant, and there is yeah. racism. But this huge epidemic of all white people hate black people and black no. people hate... That's made up. Yeah, and this systematic uh, oppression yes. that stops, hinders you because of your color, that's, mm. that's baloney. Right. And I, I can vouch for this. I believe there's manufactured racism. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened to me as a teenager because that movie that I saw made me a racist overnight. So I had never really experienced what Bev just mentioned uh, as far as the indoctrination of a kid 
black kid, you can't speak proper English because if you do, you're what? If you get on time somewhere, you're what? I, I, I wasn't raised that way. However, just watching one movie, I took on a cause that I, th that was not mine mm -hmm. in the first place. And so uh, it's a miracle for me to even be sitting here talking to you. I've always, I hated white people. I wow. was a racist. You know, I had students in my class that, um, especially the mixed kids, that it's it's so tough. Oh, for them girl, she thieved it. <laughs> oh, did I say something? <laughs> no, I mean you. We talk about this all the time. You call they the they, they 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 don't. They're pulled. They they get called Oreo. They can't be black enough, and they can't be white mm -hmm. enough, and uh -huh. they feel left out. Uh huh. You know, and I. I for them and it's not just black white there's there's other races too yes. but mainly the black white especially the kids that have the super curly hair but they're almost mm -hmm. white yeah and i feel for those kids because yeah. i feel like some of them if they don't have strong parenting or a lot of people encouraging them they they can't find their way uh-huh that's true and do you have any advice for those kids well um the thing is like uh what's his name kaepernick oh, colin kaepernick colin, colin kaepernick yeah. These these are the type that really push this black agenda exactly. more than anybody because they're trying to prove to the world I'm black. How yes. black they are. I'm black. Or yes. well, then you got your Tiger Woods who's like, listen, I'm not black. I'm mixed with all this other stuff. I'm about to go get a white woman and have some white kids so you I can fit in. Mm -hmm. And really, it's the seat of insecurity. And so. For me, the only thing I can give them is the gospel that, you know, we're all, there is no Gentile Jew, male nor female in the body of Christ. Uh, if you don't have a clique that you want to roll with, you can always come to the Christian side and just be one in Christ. Um, and greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You know, uh, every single human being wants to know their purpose, right? I believe every single person on this earth walks around with that question, who am I? And why am I here? Now, when you want to go to your uh, roots, as far as physical roots of where this person come from in Africa and that, you're gonna you're gonna go into circles because that that really doesn't identify who you are. That's a fleshly thing. But there's so much more to an individual than what they look like. You have a brain, you have thoughts, you have so much more to you, and it's about going there with it. So I really just encourage them to step outside of the physical identity and look into the spiritual portion of this thing, finding out that really realizing that you were made in God's image and God's likeness. God has a plan for you. You need to figure out what that is. That's your purpose. That's the reason why you're here and stay that course. Yes. Do you think if we concentrated on the churches, because you know, um, and I've heard, you know, even a lot of people say the most segregated day is Sunday. Yes. True. So do you think if we started in the churches and, and maybe started creating an atmosphere where it was a more combined atmosphere with us that would help outside in the world. Absolutely. But I, I, what she just mentioned, I believe should be taught in the church because mm -hmm. their neighborhoods are all black. This the facts of life. Their neighborhoods are all white. Mm -hmm. So for us to try and mix those neighborhoods or, or mix the congregations at least, that for me, it reminds me of busing. Yes. I don't think that's where the solution Out is. Out of district busing just to make yeah. the school. So you're changing the facade, mm -hmm. but the brain hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're ending up now talking about all that BLM stuff. I thought the bus busing would, would, yeah. would get us somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. so right. Changing a paint on a building, that's not going to make it. It's not going to make it if the foundation is faulty in the first place. Right. Mm -hmm. So the brain has to be renewed, and that needs to happen in the church. So you are totally nailing it. On the, I mean, you, you have it right there. It starts in the church. Everything that she just said, it needs to be taught. But for mm -hmm. that, the clergy has to know Christ 
in the spirit, not in the flesh. They got to get over their own racism or whatever the case may be. And from there, teach that congregation that no, the other person looking a different way is not your enemy. You yeah. are Christ. Yeah. It's the same blood that all has of to us. save you. Same gospel. We all bleed the same blood. There's same. no special That's it. gospel That's it. for black people. There's no special gospel for white people. It's the same gospel. Yes. Right. It's Christ. And from there, things are going to change. That's right. All right, you guys. This conversation is already very interesting, and I hope we can actually like get into the meat of this. I want you to know what these two amazing ladies have done. Um, a lot of people call me a hero for what I did standing up. These ladies put that to shame. We'll be right back. The following are sponsors for today's show. If you'd like to become a sponsor, please visit us at couragetostand.com. Amy Autry authors customized health insurance options. She's licensed and appointed with multiple health insurance and health share companies, so she can review all your health insurance needs, advise, enroll, and support you ongoing with your policy. Amy has over six years of experience as a health insurance broker to save you time and money in shopping and enrolling in a customized health plan that fits your needs and budget. Her services are free, so give her a call at 817-809-4409. That's Amy Autry at 817-809-4409. Looking to buy or sell real estate in North Texas? The Neal team with Better Homes and Gardens Winans specialize in residential and farm and ranch properties. Call our friends, Donnie and Darla at 903-744-5475 or email neal at winansbhg.com. Just one call, and as Donnie says, the pretty blonde and the ugly cowboy can put the power of two to work for you. Your journey starts here. Again, Donnie and Darla Neal at 903-744-5475. Jarrah Hutchins owns Clearing the Chamber, a female-owned firearms and self-defense training company that specializes in teaching women, youth, and families how to stay safe. We have a class for everything, including intro to handgun, time management for the gun owner, how to talk to your kids about firearms, license to carry, and how to protect what you're expecting, a class for new and expecting mothers. We have all five-star reviews on Facebook and respond quickly to your questions. Give us a call at 469-665-9333 or email clearingthechamber at gmail.com and schedule your free consultation. Again, that consultation is free. Just give us a call at 469-665-9333. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Bevlin and Edme talking about a subject that a lot of people don't want to approach, racism mm -hmm. um, in our country. And there's been a lot of that lately. Um, I know that when it was crazy, when it sounds funny, but when I got out of jail, a lot of people said it was because I was white. I got, I didn't have to serve the full seven days because of white privilege. Um, there were actually like some technical reasons why I got out, like it was unconstitutional for me to be in jail. Uh -huh. But um, I know that you guys are going through the same thing, but the opposite of me um, as far as what is the, I know you guys minister, you, you have a heart for, um, Saving Babies, yeah. Unborn Babies. And yeah. what is the name of your organization? At the Well Ministries, 
at the well ministries mm -hmm. and let's mention the website while we're thinking about sure. it because i know it's at well yes you that's right you got it yes. you got it okay so go there and i know you can contribute there yes that's true perfect mm -hmm. um and then we will also put this on the bottom of the show in case i forget to mention it later but at the well ministries these you have one hundred and seventy-two thousand followers on instagram yes so, used to be more than that but instagram's been docking mm -hmm. my followers that's like algorithms and, and all that stuff I'm blocked on everything, you guys. So follow me. Don't whatever. Or, or just go to the website because you can always find out where you're going to be because they're always causing trouble in a good way. Amen. Oh. Yes. So let's talk about what you're really famous for and how I come. To, I came to know who you were. And at first, I thought it was just you. And then when I looked back, I'm like, wait, there's a sidekick here. There's someone that's doing exactly the same thing, but maybe a little quieter. Um, not so out there, mm -hmm. um, but it's both of you. Mm -hmm. It is both of you. Mm -hmm. What did you do? So we went and we painted black over the Black Lives Matter mural. Where's that? Uh, in New York, right in front of Trump Towers on Fifth Avenue. And that's when all the writing and all of this, it, yes. it's when the crazy was going down. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. So what made you decide to do that? We were really genuinely pissed off. Um, but it, but in a, a spiritual way. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, you got to understand, we're black women, right? Mm -hmm. We got to be black 24-7, you know? Um, so f to watch them use our skin color to push a narrative that is totally against us, That's right. it's a finesse. And, and what I'm going to say, a lot of people are not ready to swallow, but I don't really care. I'm going to say it. The reality is this. When these Democrats and these communists and these leftists cooked up this agenda for Black Lives Matter, they said, okay, we're going to stick Black Lives Matter on it, but we got our own agenda. And because these niggas is ignorant, they're going to fall for it. This is how they think of us. Biden said it before, you know, I mean, they have more respect for the Spanish community than the black community. They call them diverse. They think we all the same. And I mean, in a sense, rightly so, we've proven that. Because the moment we push this Black Lives Matter agenda, everybody running in the footlocker. Did Black Lives Matter start as something good? No. no. Before the liberals came? No. Or no. was it always cooked up? It was always. always like it was started by lesbians, okay? Who is that why Black Lives Matter is always white chicks? like that are 20 something years old uh, that are always protesting. Like seriously, we, we went to an event in Connecticut Yeah, and I'm not even trying, like three quarters of the people yes. that protest out of 2000 people that were there. White liberal girls. White girls with, you know, different, I don't yes. care, uh -huh. I own a hair salon, I don't care about, but you could tell they just hated for no reason, uh -huh. they just hate. Nothing you say. They say Black Lives Matter. I'm like, yeah, yeah. The white and I say yes, and they don't. They don't know what to say because I'm like, yeah, they do. Uh huh. But the minute you say All Lives Matter is the reason um, why you came offended. up with your slogan because they can't come back on that. What yeah. is your slogan? Jesus matters. And Jesus so matters. I th actually thought of that jog, and I'm thinking <laughs> to myself. All Lives Matter, it seems like they get offended and it's like they try to come back with something else. So I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to say Jesus Matters. And really, I did it because I wanted to discern where the person was really at. Because if you contest Jesus, I already know what type of time you want and I know how to deal with you as to where maybe you're just confused. But now if you're contesting the gospel of Jesus Christ and who Jesus is and what he did, that's a whole nother you're demonic. <laughs> that's a whole nother show. You, you know? Say, but we need several more, you know, a lot more time with you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, and we'll come back. We'll, we got you. Yeah. But um, the thing with it was, you know, for me, seeing that they were using us 
to push this narrative. And on the same time, Black Lives Matter is hurting the black community. You support abortion. The number one kill of the African-American community is abortion. And if you don't support that, you're supporting LGBTQ because really they wanted to say black trans matter, but they couldn't put trans in. Black people wouldn't really go for that too much, right? Right. So now if you then baby, uh, babies aren't dying in the womb. They're being turned, little boys are being turned into little girls and little girls are being turned into little boys. And on top of that, they, they're against the nuclear family. You don't want a man to be the leader of the household. We're already dealing with that now. Fatherlessness is a very humongous issue in the black community. We have 78% and climbing. But now you're, you're pushing the narrative of fatherlessness. And on top of that, you support white supremacy because you won't raise hell and havoc if a black man kills another black man. But as soon as a white cop or even a white man kills a black man. Now all of a sudden you want to riot and change laws and all of this stuff like that. So what is only when a white person does something that's supreme? Mm -hmm. So this agenda is affecting us because now they pull the cops out of the neighborhoods. Crime in New York went up 200%. You got little kids getting shot in strollers and we're killing each other because we haven't addressed the issues going on in our community. Yet you got white liberals who think they're, oh, I, I want to fight for black people, but you won't go to the block. And if even people in the block won't go and riot and loot and do the stuff that you're doing right now. Well, no, no, no. Let me correct myself. They will still from Foot Locker. They will go into them Chanel stores and they will steal that stuff. They'll steal. But they're not going to go to the Capitol and do all of that. They criminals. They ain't got time for all of that. So you need your ignorant white little girl who doesn't know better, who believes, really, they feel sorry for us. And so they're probably doing us a favor. And I think their intent is wrong. Like, mm -hmm. if you're going and wanting something bad to happen, you're never going to change anything. Nope. Your activism and what you do, you want a positive outcome. Yes. You want things to be better for the black community. And that's the opposite of what Black Lives Matter wants. Mm -hmm. They want havoc. Yes. They want craziness. Mm -hmm. What is the reaction that you guys got when you did this? Because um, you did it multiple times. Mm -hmm. yeah, and thing. you got arrested yes. multiple times. Yep. Yes. That's when I was like, I love this girl. She's like my mm -hmm. spirit animal or something because, and I thought it was only, but it was mm -hmm. both of you, because not only did you get arrested after doing it, you went back and did it again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's what I told the, um, the government here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep my business open. Mm -hmm. You do what you need to do. Mm -hmm. um, and they didn't know what to do mm -hmm. because I said, I'm just going to keep doing it. But I also read that the cops were so in your favor yes. and treated you like royalty. Yes. Because we always back the blue. There is a bad apple. We get it. We understand that whole story. There's bad people everywhere. But cops in general are great. Yes. And they treated you like royalty because you were standing up for them because Black Lives Matter is against the police. Yes. yes. Absolutely. Defunding the police. Defunding the police, yeah. The police that four years ago when we were in Chicago, to make a super long story short, the police was in an area because there was a shootout. Mm -hmm. And as we were walking, because we wanted to go minister, the neighbors, the people who lived in that neighborhood told us, well, the reason why right now we can afford to be outside is because of the police. But once the police is gone, we go back in the house. So the people that live in the most dangerous places of criminality depend on the police for their security but CNN will never tell you that. So the, the, the folks that we talk about when we talk about BLM, they, they've never struggled a day in their lives. Mm -hmm. they, they wouldn't know. They've been indoctrinated in colleges, and that's the reason why you see a majority of white folk supposedly defending their cause. But mm -hmm. to your point with the police, the favor was, and that's a major response that we had that day was from the police. But what was interesting is that the Lord had given us the idea to actually uh, go to the police prior to doing the paint. 
we gave them the heads up that that's what we wanted to do. And because your intent was good. Yes. Yeah. And we they saw that. You're, you're not trying to be thugs or just mm -hmm. act crazy. You get on TV. You didn't want to be famous. This mm -mm. is not about you. Mm -mm. And I no. totally understand that. I was speaking at, uh, actually against abortion at mm. one of the nearby colleges and Black Lives Matter was there. They mm. hate me. Mm. Um, there, before I got there, there was a confrontation with some of the white people that were there and Black Lives Matter, it was a bunch of white girls mostly, mm. weren't winning. But the first people they started screaming for and wanting were the cops mm -hmm. when they were in trouble. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. said it on the mic, I'm like, I thought we don't need them. They can just go, right? Yeah, call social services. <laughs> social services. Exactly. You were stabbed. Yeah. Uh, DC. What in the world? Mm -hmm. By black people. Right in D.C. Why? BLM. You were protecting somebody. Yes. You were there. No, no. I was at the hotel. Okay. I was at the hotel. So she wasn't there that night. Um, I was with, uh, actually, my friend Kevin. Um, what? Oh. I can't say his last name right now. You know his last name. Yes. Yes. So I was with Kevin, and um, we were just hanging out with the Proud Boys that night after leaving Harry's. Um, we were waiting to find out the information about the election because it ran longer. November 3rd. Yes, November 3rd. We were trying to it figure out forever. what was going on forever because, yeah. I mean, by that time, we were thinking an announcement yeah. would have been made, but, of course, the liberals were playing games. So um, we're walking and we end up sitting on a stoop and I think Trump was just about to make an announcement and I see an older white guy walking down the block and he has a suit on. He looked like he was coming from some type of political event that night because everybody was at events. It's in D.C. Um, he's not paying attention. I think he was a little tipsy. So he's on his phone like this and he's just looking at what's happening on his phone. I think he probably was watching Trump about to make the announcement yeah, too because yeah. everybody was tuning in. Yeah. So he's not paying attention. I see three kids walking behind him. Kids and I, like teenagers. They teenagers. They had to be at least between 19 and 21. They're trailing behind the guy. And so then me and the guys from Proud Boys are looking and we like, we peeping trying to figure out what's happening. And so when the kids walk past him, I'm like, okay, woosah, maybe they just, it just you know, let it, let it go. They turned around and they stopped. They saw someone vulnerable. Yes. And he wasn't paying attention. So he literally walked right into them and then right then looked up and they, they, you knew what they were doing. You knew it. So we go down there and I tell them, I'm like, listen, you guys need to leave this man alone. You need to go in the name of Jesus. You need to get out of here. Right. So then the guy's like, you need to shut up. I'm a Muslim. And then the other girl's like, yeah, you need to shut up. If you don't shut up, I'm going to punch you in your face. Right. And at this time, I had this really pretty weave. It was this cute little <laughs> curly weave girl. It was so cute. And I, I was cute. It was nobody trying to do I nothing like you. that. You know what I mean? I'm I not violent. You. I may speak violently. Yeah, you were looking too good yeah. that night. Too cute. Too cute for that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you know, girl, I'm not going to shut up. Like, yeah. You need to leave this guy alone. Yeah. The girl punches me in the face. Now, in D.C., this is the thing about D.C., not gun laws. Let's 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 be real. In Texas, you're not gonna just go around punching nobody in their face because you might get a couple holes in you. Okay. okay? Yes. In DC, because mm -hmm. they got the gun laws are so tight. Yeah. They carry knives, but the people have no fear to put their hands on you mm -hmm. because 
you won't get shot. Right. So, I mean, for me, it's a benefit for me living in a Second Amendment state where it's pro-Second Amendment because certain things are just not going to go down. But in D.C., you will get stabbed. I didn't even realize that these young kids would just willingly put their hands on you, but they're not thinking you'll shoot them because nobody can have a gun. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So the girl just punches me in the face. And again, I, I live in, you know, I'm, I'm from where people may be strapped. You don't do that. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Um, so I'm in shock. I'm like, I'm trying. And then she grabs my hair. That's why, you know, I kind of keep it yeah. chill now, but yeah. even now I don't wear it out too, too much. But it's like she grabs my hair and pulls my head down. And everybody knows once a girl has... Mm -mm. You don't play with the girl's hair. And pull it down, no. I can't see. So now I'm trying to get the girl off of my hair. And I'm going to be honest with you. I could have body slammed this little girl, okay? This little girl was a twig. And I went to school. I, went, I did um, martial arts, mixed martial arts. I did jujitsu, all of that stuff. If I really wanted to hurt this girl, you, I could have hurt been this done. girl. That was not even what crossed my mind. Mm -hmm. I just wanted my, her to get her hands out of my hair, mm -hmm. right? So now as I'm trying to get this girl off of me, I see some, the other girl takes an empty Hennessy bottle. Mm -hmm. When I, I call it nigger tree. Okay, oh it's nigger tree. Oh my God! Who carries an empty Hennessy bottle in knives? Well, I don't. I don't know who Niggas. carries an empty. <laughs> and it's not about color, but I'm gonna say it for what it is. It's an attitude. Okay, nigger tree. Okay. okay. I, if I you mean, don't want to real, no, this I'm is keep real. it a hundred. No, right here, keep it a hundred. I'm keep it a hundred. You may not like the fact that I call it that, but that's what I call it. That's my word. If you see it around, no, Bevlin made it up. It's called nigger tree. Okay. Anyway, so she pulls the. Hennessy bottle out and then she throws it and it goes right past me. Thank you, Lord. But I'm a uh, Hennessy bottle? Mm. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> so then now I'm still trying to get this girl off of my hair and then I feel pressure on my back. I don't even feel the knives. They stabbed me three times. They stabbed my liver. They punctured my lung. What? I ended up in a hospital for eight days and it would have been longer had I had not fought for my life. Um, but I almost died. You know what I mean? Um, thank you, Lord. There was no internal bleeding. Um, it's such a supernatural story, but I'll tell you what happened. I'll give you the gist. While we were walking up to the stoop, I was talking to one of these proud boys who uh, was from Virginia. He wasn't saved. And he was like, you know, I don't really want to be a Christian. I think it's too religious. And so I really wanted to minister to him about the true relationship with Christ. Um, and there was also an Indian guy with me uh, who also was a Christian. And so we were both ministering to him. Um, and then that happened. So now I get stabbed. Three other boys get stabbed. Two get the stabbed in the neck. Mm -hmm. Yes. And one um, and Enrique got stabbed in the hand. Mm -hmm. So now as I'm laying pressure on my back, trying to stop the bleeding, mm -hmm. um, a car pulls up. And they're like, get in, get in, get in. So they could take us to the hospital. Somebody gets in the back seat with me and he's saying, I got stabbed in the neck. I got stabbed in the neck. I thought it was the, the guy that we were ministering to, this, this tall white dude. Mm -hmm. And so, cause I had seen him walking past me. So I'm thinking it's him. So I'm telling, while we're in the car, I'm praying over my body. But then I say to him, I say, listen, you need to repent of your sins. You need to surrender your life to Christ. Do you know Jesus? He's like, I know him. I know him. And I'm like, listen, because I'm thinking, I just talked to you earlier. I was ministering to you about a relationship. You need to repent right now of your sins. And I'm on him. Because I'm thinking I'm about to die. And I'm thinking he's about to die. And I'm like, listen, I'm not going to let you go to hell on my watch. You need to repent of your sins right now. So I'm like going at him in the car. Like, no, you don't know Jesus. You need to repent. All right? Stop playing. You think it's the so, other guy. <laughs> so then once we get to the hospital, get out the car, it's the Indian guy. So he already knew Jesus. That's why he kept saying in the back seat, I know Jesus. Lady, stop. I know Jesus. <laughs> and I'm like, 
So when I see him, I'm like, oh, my. thank you, Lord, my bad. Now you can worry about your back. Not to worry about me because I'm like, wait a minute. I, I can't, he can't die. He can't die and go right. to hell. Not on my watch. I'm not letting that happen. So finally, we get to the hospital. I prayed over my wounds. They supernaturally stopped bleeding. Um, my liver healed overnight. The doctor was like, I can't believe it. Your, your liver, it just is healed and then my lung just had to inflate and it was that's a whole nother show in because itself you were doing god's work yeah him. yeah he definitely the power of mm -hmm. jesus christ came and saved me because i really shouldn't be here talking to you right now i should have been dead it's favor yes mm -hmm. it is well i know that this seemed really short because i can sit and talk to you two ladies <laughs> all day long and i mean there were some questions that got answered that i love that you're not afraid to answer i'm not afraid to ask because Amen. We need to know yes, that we right. need to open communication Absolutely. to make our everybody's relationships better yes. and that's more right. open. And we want good. We yes. want good to happen. Yes. Thank you guys for what you do to um, at the Well Ministries mm -hmm. and at wellministries.org is where you can go contribute to, to these ladies, their Thank cause. You. They're saving unborn babies yes. and helping these black women be more secure, mm. be happier in their lives. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much. Aww, thank you guys so us. much for watching. If you know a guest that you we should have on the show, please let us know at CourageToStand.com. And don't forget to share our program with everybody you know. That's how we get the word out. Amen. Thank you so much for watching. And thank you for having the courage to stand.